Hey, this morning, if you have your Bibles, go to James chapter 5. Working through the book of James this morning, we're back into it. Uh, James chapter 5, picking up verse number 1, and going to go down through verse number 6. Today, talking about money matters. Uh, Money matters today. I've heard it said uh, that we spend 50% of our lifetime thinking uh, about money, whether it be making money, uh, spending money, investing money, or how to make more money. Uh, uh, it's just one of those topics that are always kind of right there in front of us. Uh, is, this, is this money matter? Uh, in fact, I, I heard it said uh, a story uh, about this mother whose son was in the other room and uh, he went and he swallowed a nickel and she ran into the room and when she ran into the room she picked him up by his feet and swatted him on the back and uh, out came a dime. Well, <clears throat> she was troubled. She's like, honey, 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 uh, uh, Billy, Billy swallowed a nickel. I hit him and a dime came out. What should I do? What should I do? He still has got the nickel. She said, feed him another nickel. <laughs> Investment. This morning, just talking about this money issue. You know, the Bible has a lot to say, actually, about money and financial stewardship. Jesus himself even says a lot about money. Understanding this, that when you're talking about money, uh, money in and of itself is not a bad thing. Uh, the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter number 6 and verse number 10, uh, it says it like this. For the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil, and some, by longing for it, have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. And so be careful uh, that we're not misquoting from Scripture and just leaving it money itself, because money itself is not evil. Jesus Christ uh, spoke uh, some 40 parables that are recorded in the scriptures, a lot of different parables. In other words, it's a story that Jesus would use to teach spiritual principles along the way. And uh, of those some 40 or so parables that are recorded in the scriptures, nearly 43% uh, have to do with finances in some way, shape, or form. So he has a lot to say about Again, money matters in Scripture. The question's got to be asked, why would Jesus spend so much time in the parables talking about money matters? Uh, To which I would simply say, it's not because Jesus Christ needs our money. Uh, uh, But rather, when you're looking at Scripture, the Bible says in Matthew chapter number 6, verse number 19 and following, Jesus himself speaking here in the Sermon on the Mount, it says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where Moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in or steal. And then he says in verse number 21, he says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye of the lamp of the body is the eye of the lamp of the body, so then if your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot, you cannot serve God and wealth. Jesus is just simply saying, hey, listen, it's, it's a lordship issue is what it is. At the end of the day, it's a lordship issue. He does not want undevoted devotion to him. It's lordship. And, 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 and so many times we give lip service 
to lordship. If it's something that we struggle with, uh, uh, then he's no longer Lord. We trust him with eternity, but many people won't trust him with our money along the way. And so God help us understand, again, his lordship uh, to us uh, and who he is, again, to us. Adrian Rogers used to uh, uh, say something that, that came to my mind when I was reading this text and thinking about that. The TNO, he would always, he'd, he'd always make this statement. If you ever listen to Dr. Rogers, he would always say, you need to make sure you get on board the TNO Railroad. It's like the TNO, what the, what, what's the TNO Railroad? The trust and obey, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And that's in every area of life. And, and so when it comes to finances, again, it's very important that we understand these principles that are taught in Scripture because there's great danger. In fact, the late Jerry Falwell, uh, uh, who in, in, in was a mover and a shaker, and, uh, but, but Jerry Falwell, whether you like him or not, he was one that made this statement. He said, I, I believe that the reason why uh, revival tarries in the United States of America is because we no longer are financially uh, 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 responsible stewards. We've grown accustomed to robbing God. We've grown accustomed to giving God leftovers. In fact, there are many people that have grown so accustomed to giving God leftovers, they're no longer in fellowship, but they don't even realize it. I mean, if this is an issue that I've got, or if this is an issue that you've got where I'm just not financially responsible, I'm not a good steward of what God has entrusted to me, I can fall out of fellowship with my Father and not even know it because I'm just used to giving Him leftovers. <clears throat> God, help us to be faithful when it comes to Money matters. <clears throat> James addresses this. So James has been writing, and uh, we've been walking through this book of James. James's heartbeat is just that people would be mature in their faith so that you leave nothing on the table, so that you don't miss out on anything in life. Because Jesus said, I have come so that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And James is just simply saying, hey, do you really want to experience the abundant life that Jesus has for you? Man, you've got to be mature. And so he goes through as he's writing, and he's just writing about these just basic principles that we're to follow so that we can be mature and experience every good thing that God has for us. So James, in chapter 5, begins with verse number 1. He says, come now. In other words, pay attention, listen up, <clears throat> you rich. Weep and howl for your miseries which are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted and your garments have become moth-eaten. Have rusted, and the rust will be a witness against you and will consume your flesh like fire. It is in the last days that you have stored up your treasure. Behold, the pay of laborers who mowed your fields and which has been withheld by you cries out against you, and the outcry of those who did the harvestings has reached the ears of the Lord of the Sabbath. You have lived luxuriously on the earth and led a life of wanton pleasure. You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. You have condemned and put to death the righteous man. He does not even resist you any longer. This morning, just talking about <clears throat> money matters. By the way, this isn't a blanket statement against people with money. That's not what he's addressing. It's not, in fact, even about money in the hand, but rather money in the heart. Where is money when it comes to your life? Do you recognize it as a gift from God entrusted to you to be used for his glory along the way? Or do you just say, what's mine is mine and nobody touch it? 
God, help me be faithful steward of what you have given to us. In fact, when you're talking about wealth, because some people do, they'll, they'll look at wealth as, or, or riches as if, you know, that's, that's a bad thing. And, and I would say, man, there, there are godly characters in Scripture that were very wealthy people. Abraham <clears throat> died, very wealthy man. When you're looking at Abraham, David, King David, a man after God's own heart, died a very wealthy man. Job. In the Old Testament, when you're looking at the life of Job, Job was one that was the greatest man in all of the East, and yet he was also a very good and godly man. And so it's not just simply because of riches in the hand, but rather in the heart. It's a heart issue, and God help me again to examine my own heart and not to look at somebody else because if we're not careful we look at a text of scripture like this and all of a sudden immediately we go to other people because we, we, we kind of like to look at other people and how they spend and not really at ourselves and so God help me see myself <clears throat> for where we are today number one he's dealing with three issues here the first of the issues that he's dealing with happens to be stockpiling wealth stockpiling Wealth. He says, come now. In other words, pay attention, you rich. And so don't exclude yourself this morning when you look at that and you say, well, I'm not really all that wealthy, to which I would say probably every single person in here would be very wealthy when we're talking about uh, in light of the rest of the world. We're well fed. God's been good. He says, come now, you rich. Weep and howl for your miseries which are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted and your garments have become moth-eaten. Your gold and your silver have rusted and their rust will be a witness against you and will consume your flesh like fire. It is the last days that you have stored up your treasure. And so he's just talking here. He says, weep and howl. In other words, he's saying there's, that you, you ought to be weeping along the way. But he's writing here and he's addressing uh, this stockpiling again of our wealth. He's saying, hey, listen, why ought you be weeping? Because judgment day is coming and God will hold you accountable one day. And it's coming soon. That's what he's saying. And he's saying, hey, guess what? Money talks. Money talks. I've mentioned before, sometimes money just says, yeah, see you later. <laughs> but you know what James is saying? That stockpile that's sitting in the corner, that's simply rusting because I just got to have more, 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 more. One day you stand before God and it's saying, hey, selfish man. Hey, you who didn't see the needs of those people around you. Hey, look at us. He's saying your money's going to witness against your stinginess. That's what James is saying. He uses three things when you look at this text of Scripture. He says, <clears throat> number one, uh, and the reason he goes there is simply because in the first century when you looked at a man's wealth, it wasn't just about his bank account. It wasn't about where he lived. It was about several things. Number one had to do with his grain, his fields. How much was he harvesting along the way? And he's saying, hey, look, some of you are harvesting and harvesting and harvesting, and it's just sitting in stockpiles, and it's stinking rotten. While there are needs all around you, how much is enough? So he talks first about grain. And then secondly, he's talking about garments. He said, man, your garments, your garments are, they're eaten up by moths. In other words, man, you've got closets full and full and full, and yet you still got to have more, 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 more. You can't even wear what you got. but you're still blowing it. So he's talking again 
what you wear. And then he talks just about the whole gold factor, the silver, silver factor. He says, hey, you got so much, it's just rusting. It's wasted. What good is it to have a bunch of money stocked up that I'm never going to spend? God, help me not to stockpile my wealth. You know, a, a farmer was reading this text I heard, and he said, you know, money and manure have this in common. You stack it up and it stinks, but you spread it around and everything grows. <laughs> the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter number 6, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 and 18, it says <clears throat> this, Instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but in God who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous. God, help us be faithful. <clears throat> you know, God didn't, God didn't give us everything that we have just so that we could have more. It's not why he does it. So I want to use you. I want to use you to impact this world. And so he entrusts you with everything. Every penny that I have has been gifted to me. There are some that say, no, I got my pennies because I worked hard. No, God gave you the ability to work hard. He put you in the right spot such that you have everything you've got. And James is just saying, hey, make sure you're a faithful steward of what you've been given. Luke chapter number 12, over in Luke 12, it says it like this, verse 16 and following. Luke chapter number 12, verses 16 and following says this. He told them a parable saying, the land of a rich man was very productive. And he began reasoning to himself saying, what shall I do? Since I have no place to store my crops. Verse 18, he said, this is what I will do. I will down my barns and build all my grain and my goods and I will say to my soul soul you have many goods laid up for many years to come take your ease eat drink and be merry if you look at that it's interesting when you see verse 16 17 and 18 how many times he's consumed with himself I I I my 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 me 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 and he's consumed with himself he goes on, but God said to him, you fool, this very night soul is required of you, and now who will own what you have prepared? So is the man who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Everything I have. And the question has to be asked of each one of us. <clears throat> what am I doing with what I've been given? What am I doing with what I've been given? And hey, be careful this morning, because a lot of times what happens is you go to a text of Scripture and you hear a message like this, and all of a sudden, you, 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 rather than just going to God Almighty and saying, God, everything I have is yours. I want to be faithful steward. What does that look like? Be careful that you don't go and say, oh, this is going to lead to a great discussion on how much ought I put away for my retirement. I, I, I'm not, I'm not again, I'm not suggesting. All I'm saying is before God, it's not mine to tell you how to invest in your retirement. It's his. That's where it starts. Oh, I got a financial advisor. Well, I tell you what, if it's not God Almighty, then it, he don't own it. God owns it. And God, I want to be faithful. 
And I can't tell you what it means for you. This is a text of Scripture that you and I have to get on our knees before the one that's entrusted you with everything and entrusted me with everything and ask God, how can I be faithful with what you have given to me? And be faithful. You know, it's interesting because when we're talking about issues of stewardship, we stockpile a lot of things in life. It, it, it could be money, but, you know, there's people that stockpile gifts. There's people that are incredible teachers that never teach. What good is it to be gifted if you don't use what you've been given? People that are great singers but don't sing. What good is it? God, help me, again, just to be a faithful steward of what you have been what you have entrusted. You know, I, I thought about that, and I was even thinking about the issue of stewarding the gospel. Do you know that all of us who have been saved are stewards of the gospel of Jesus Christ? He, he didn't say, hey, I want, I want the angels to proclaim the gospel to the lost world because you can do it quicker and better than everybody else. No. Why? Because the angels have never tasted what you have tasted if you are saved today. Saving grace. <laughs> I want you, who've tasted my goodness, to share my goodness. It's, it's a stewardship issue. God help me, again, be faithful. And he's just saying here in, these, in this text of Scripture, he says, it is, it, it, your gold and your silver and your rust, they're, they're going to be a witness against you. Consume your flesh like fire. It's the last days that you've stored up your treasure. Again, graphic depiction of what it looks like to stockpile riches. A day of reckoning is coming. Luke chapter number 6, verse number 38. And Luke chapter 6 and verse number 38, it says it like this. Give, and it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. For by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. You know, when you're talking about God's economy, it looks like this. What we keep in stockpile, we lose. What we give in his name comes back with eternal reward. God help me be faithful along the way. Not, not to stockpile. So the first issue that he deals with here is stockpiling issue. Then he goes on from that in verse number four. He says, Behold, <clears throat> the pay of the laborers who mowed your fields and which has been withheld by you cries out against you. And the outcry of those who did the harvesting has reached the ears of the Lord of the Sabbath. Verse number six You have condemned and put to death the righteous man. He does not even resist you. So the second issue he's dealing with is stolen wages or stealing wages of others. And he's dealing, by the way, with a group of people that survived with day laborers. And so what was taking place is there were no labor laws. And so when you're looking at these people that owned all of the wealth, what was happening is these day laborers would come and they would work the fields during the day. And at the end of the day, they should have been paid their wages. But the problem is, is the ones that had all the wealth, they lived by the golden rule. You know what the golden rule is? 
Those who have the gold make the rules. <laughs> and that's how they lived. <clears throat> and so what would be happening is all of a sudden, people would come into the fields and they would work all day, and at the end of the day, these sorry people would look at these people and say, oh, you know what? <clears throat> I didn't like how straight the rows of corn were that you planted today. I'm not paying you. Hey, you were late today. I'm not paying. You took an extra break today. You're just not getting your money today. And the whole reason for doing that is because I just want more silver for myself. And they're robbing these people of their wages and not giving to others. In fact, they became very much consumed with themselves. And that's exactly what happens if we're not careful with our wages. <clears throat> it's it, it's kind of like this. This is what I've heard. You ever, you ever, you ever met somebody that, that, man, you start out and you just got this hunger for God? They're just faithful along the way. And then all of a sudden, the more they have, the less you see. Before you know it, they're just too busy and got too many toys and gadgets for God. I've heard it said, it's, it's, it's kind of like this. <clears throat> you know the difference between a mirror and a window? Window, you see others and you see the needs of others. But a mirror is when you take that same window and you cover it with silver. Before you know it, all you can see is yourself. And James says, that's what happens if we're not careful. All we see is my own self and my own bank account and we forget the needs around us. And God's just simply entrusting me and entrusting you. Oh, to meet your needs. But what about those around us? That's all he's saying. God, help me. You know, in this text of Scripture, it's interesting because he says this. The pay of the laborers is witnessing against you. It's not just the stockpile, but it's even what's in your own bank account. God says, I, I didn't give that to you just so that you could have the bigger house, just so that you could have the more expensive vacation, just so that you could... I gave that to you for them. And I stand before God. It's a, it's a graphic depiction. Read the text of Scripture. Say, you know what? The, even even, even the, the, the money that's in your bank account that I entrusted to you to be given to them is witnessing against you. This is not just them witnessing against you, but I have heard the cries of the laborers. I've heard, I've heard their cries. We're talking about people that would go home at night and say, honey, I, I don't have money to go buy bread. And they cry out to God, God, would you provide for my needs? And their children go to bed hungry. God, would you provide for my daddy? God says, I did, but that man is stinking stingy, and he's stolen wages, and I will hold that one accountable. It's, it's, it's not a fun text when you're looking at this text. God, help me to be faithful. <clears throat> You know, I wonder when I was looking at this text. Say, I, I, I don't hire day laborers. Okay. I, I, this was my thought. You know, you know where my thought went today? 
we just came off of a month in December. Where are we right now? End of January. I lose track of stuff. But the whole month of December, we talked about Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Lottie Moon, 100%, 100% of that offering directly into the hands of missionaries for a month. And, 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 and by the way, I, I praise God for, again, his provision through our people. I'm grateful for that. But I wonder if there's anybody here that would say, you know what, I didn't even take time to pray about it. It's my money. What if there's anybody here that maybe God laid on your heart to give and you didn't? What if there's any cries of missionaries around the world saying, man, God, would you provide for my needs? Would you provide for my needs? And he heard the cries. And the money that's now sitting in your pocket is crying out. God, you gave me to be sent. But this one's too stingy. God, help me. The cries have reached the Lord of the Sabbath. Stolen wages crying out along the way. Woe to those who steal and keep what God didn't intend for you to keep. God, help me. Nobody else can tell you what that is, but God can. And so the question is, do you want him to be Lord of everything or not? It's a question. Verse 5 covers a different subject. It's interesting because the first one had to do with stockpiling funds. This last one has to do with self-indulgent off the wages that I've got. Two individuals might make the same amount of money. The one says, hey, I'm not guilty of stockpiling funds. To which James would say, yeah, but you're driving it and living in it. (laughs) See what he says in verse number five? He says, you have lived luxuriously on the earth and led a life of wanton pleasure. You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter, spending all of my riches on myself. God, help me to be a faithful steward of what you have entrusted to me. Hosea 13, the Bible says it like this, verses 4 and following. It says, Yet I have been uh, the Lord your God since the land of Egypt, and you were not to know any God except me, for there is no Savior besides me. And I cared for you in the wilderness, in the land of drought. As they had their pasture, they became satisfied. And being satisfied, their heart became proud. Therefore, They forgot me. Hosea is simply saying there is a danger with prosperity. It doesn't mean that just because I have, I'm, I'm an unfaithful steward. That's not what he's saying. But if we're not careful, what happens is we begin to trust in our silver rather than our Savior. That's what we do. James is just saying, hey, listen, be careful. Be careful that you're not just living life luxuriously 
because there's a day coming. In fact, it's interesting when you look at the imagery that he's using here in verse number five to talk about living a self-indulgent lifestyle. Do you see the picture he's painting here when you read it? You know what his picture's uh, a picture of? He's saying, don't, don't, don't be like a fattened cow that's out there grazing, that's oblivious to what's waiting for you. That's what he's saying. See, the old fat cow out there in the field, he's just, man, he's living it up, boy. He's just eating and eating and eating and eating. He's like, wow, life is good. Consumed with eating and eating and eating and eating and eating. And he doesn't know. You fix and become steaks on somebody's <laughs> slaughter. Slaughter. He says, that's, that's, that's the self-indulgent man. In other words, <clears throat> the same money that brought you such pleasure and comfort is going to condemn you one day if you're not careful. God help us. You know, the good news is our God is good. And the same God that has provided for me yesterday and the same God that's providing for me today is the same God that's going to continue to provide for me tomorrow. And if you're not careful, you fall into that trap of saying, I got to take care of tomorrow. When the fact of the matter is, same God took care of you yesterday. Same God take care of you today. Same God take care of you tomorrow. He's faithful. He's faithful. Trust him with everything. Luke 16, verse number 13. Luke 16, verse number 13. The Bible says this. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. So the question really is, who are we serving today? And that's only a question that you can answer before God. Is he Lord of all or is he not? Are there areas of my life that I say, uh-uh, that's mine to manage, not him. Lord of all or not. You know, James in his writing here is interesting because he deals with the abuse. And I was thinking of that <clears throat> and I started thinking about I think that maybe one day when we get to heaven we may have the privilege and opportunity of having people come to you saying I know that you don't know who I am <laughs> but I'm here because you faithfully gave. Do you realize there's a ripple effect a worldwide ripple effect in your giving when you give. And you can give a lot of different ways. But do you know that when you give to the church, a part of every single dollar goes all the way around the world? Lives are being changed for eternity by your investment. That's what I want to be a part of. God help me just to be faithful. Nobody can tell you 
This is how you spend your money. But God says, this is how I want you to spend my money. (laughs) So is he Lord or is he not? Hey, would you do me a favor and join me for a time of prayer this morning? As we pray this morning, listen, if you've never been born again to be saved, to be a Christian, that's the first step. That's the first step. God doesn't need your money. He wants your heart. He wants to be Lord and Savior. He's come so that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Not to choke life out for you. Oh, but to bless you. But there are principles to practice in every area of life. But this morning, if you've never called on his name, I want to invite you today to call on him. For God so loves the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus didn't come into this world to condemn you but to save you from your sins because all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. There's only one way to be saved, and it's to call on the name of Jesus Christ. Because without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. He shed his blood for you. He was buried. Three days later, he rose from the dead. He's alive. And he wants a relationship with you. Would you call on him today? Brothers and sisters, are you faithful today? The good news is opportunity for a fresh start. Oh God, search me. Search me. Search me. I want to be faithful, God. Have your way. Thank you for this opportunity. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.